I love pancakes too. In the word prayer, there's another R. It's reflect. Now let's reflect on today's scripture from the books of Psalm and Philippians. First is Psalm 131, verses 1 through 3. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things that are too wonderful for me, but I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a, weak, a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. And from Philippians 4, verses 4 through 5, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Thank you, Larry. Uh, hey, everybody, uh, in person and online, it's great to always be in the Lord's house on the Lord's day. You know, Psalm 118 says, let us rejoice today and be glad. And that's a big part of why we're here today, to rejoice and be glad. And this kind of rejoicing is more than a feeling. Uh, to rejoice is a choice. And that's why we come together every Sunday to rejoice in who God is and to rejoice in the story of what God has done. And part of that story is the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. And so I'm going to ask you, would you if you would join me in that now. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, today is the second Sunday in our series called The Prayer Course, uh, where we're looking to Jesus and saying, Lord, teach us to pray. And my goal for each one of us is that during, by the end of this series, we'll all be praying more freely and joyfully and confidently. Can you imagine that for yourself? That very soon you will find yourself praying more freely and more joyfully and more confidently. Uh, every month I host a prayer meeting uh, with other United Methodist pastors. And uh, this month there were seven of us. Uh, we gather for an hour. We pray almost most of that hour uh, praying for a great spiritual awakening in, in us and in our churches and in communities and beyond. And I want you to know, I always look forward to that, that time. One of the highlights of my month is getting to pray with those pastors. And at our staff meetings on Tuesdays, we, we take all of the prayer requests that have come in in the previous week, and we divide up the list, and we, we break into pairs, and we pray. And I, I love that. 
I love praying with the staff, and I believe God has used it to, to bless you, and also it brings a lot of blessing to us. You know, but I'll be the first to tell you that prayer is not easy. There, there is a human barrier that must be crossed that is not automatic. There, there's something about prayer that we find ourselves sometimes resisting. Why? Well, maybe it's because prayer humbles us. Uh, we, we end up having to admit that, well, we're not in charge. <laughs> we like to be in charge. Prayer makes us vulnerable. Prayer bears our souls if we do it right. If we're not just going through the motions, prayer bears our souls, and so it takes, takes emotional courage to pray. I'd like to ask uh, Linda Hughes. Will you come on up, Linda? Uh, Linda and her husband, Mike, have been uh, part of this church for many years, and uh, Linda's been on the prayer team for a long time as well. And I learned recently that, uh, that Linda, last fall, she uh, uh, came and, and talked with the confirmation class. And uh, so uh, I, I heard about that, Linda, and uh, I understand that you talked to them about a roller coaster. I did. Okay, what was that about? I did. Um. First of all, life is a roller coaster. You have many ups and downs. Yeah. And I, um, about 25 years ago, I uh, took a great pause in my life and I went down a very steep um, oh. roller coaster ride. And um, in that pause, I became closer to Christ. Okay. And I, um, I started a. I've always had a good prayer life, but I, um, I came to believe, you know, in the roller coaster rides. And so in talking with the uh, confirmation uh, students, I asked them, I said, have you ever been on a roller coaster ride? And what's the last thing that, um, that you do before the ride starts? And it's the attendant clamping down that safety bar. Yeah. And that safety bar... To me, as you go on those roller coaster rides, is my prayer life, mm -hmm. and it's Jesus. Yeah. And so I, in my big pause, I hung so close to Jesus. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. I was, I was hanging on for dear life, and um, and I just came to realize, how, you know, how close I was to Christ, and it was by talking to Him a lot. Yes. And and. I think that they needed to hear, um, we all need to hear that there are ups and downs and uh, hang on to that, hang on to Jesus no matter yeah. what. Hang on well, to him. Well, and I know that you had to hang on again uh, through another up and down here mm -hmm. the, in January um, in that you learned that your brother was sick. Yes. And... Um, you were asked to come see him. Yes. Tell, he, tell us about, yeah. tell us about, he lives in Iowa, like a few hours away. Yes. Tell us about that trip. What happened on that trip? I was close to God. <laughs> I was hanging on to my safety bar, and I was calling out. 
praying um, as you were to driving? God. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No distractions, just, you know, just praying for, um, for God. And at first I, I prayed, oh, he had pneumonia and he was in ICU on a vent. And, um, and he, like I said, he called to me. And, and so all what I was praying for the first part was, oh, Lord, just get me there and let me see him and let him yeah. know that I'm here. Yeah. I've been for, there for him all of his life. He was born handicapped and with only one arm and no femur. Uh, and so his hips were up here. And I was always his protector. And so for 73 years of his life, I was always there for right. him. And so I, all I wanted to do was just get across Iowa. But I, I God intervened. <laughs> I, um, I stopped at a rest stop, and um, I got a phone call from my uh, sister-in-law and said, where are you? And I said, well, I'm four hours or three hours away. And she, she was very, she was upset. And I hung up from that telephone conversation uh, with her and I just yelled out, oh Lord. And my prayer changed. Mm. It, it, it changed to not my will, but your will. Okay. And, and that, and that calmed me. Oh, I forgot to tell you. There was um, a person in that rest area, and she heard me say, oh, Lord. And she said, can I pray with you? And, you know, there's angels everywhere. Wow. And that still gives me God bumps. Um, and, and she was there for yeah. me. And, and God put her there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you, you, yeah. know, you don't think of walking in a restaurant, but you kind of go, oh, Lord. And then somebody says, can I pray for you? I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. That's a pretty cool she thing. She knew. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I know what you found is that he also sort of got worse and ended up spending longer in the hospital, and you were there nearly two weeks yes. with him, yes. uh, spending many nights there in the yes. hospital. Yes. And uh, there was one night when he was really pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And... Um, God sent you somebody else. Yes. Tell us about that. The staff was really short. Short-handed. They were short-handed, and mm-hmm. uh, when the night nurse came on, she says, she says, we just can't keep up with him, and they were not keeping up with his meds. Um, and she says, we've called someone. And So like a, a nurse on call. Well, or I don't, I don't really know. Sure. I didn't question. They I called question. somebody in, right? They called somebody to come in, and um, they lowered the lights because it was night. And um, pretty soon this nurse came in, and I was weeping. I was holding his hand and crying. And, and um, she walked over to me, and she says, I prayed to God to send me to the right place. I had two other places that I could have gone, but I prayed for God to send me to someone who really needed me. And she sent me to Duane. And um, she took my hand and his hand, and she prayed, and she prayed a Mm. beautiful prayer about Jesus dying on the cross and knowing how we were feeling. And and it, it was just very soothing and comforting. She was, she was definitely sent, and she stayed with us. 
Um, she stayed with us for a long time. She discovered that his meds were leaking out, and, and she re, whatever, put the needle in. And he only has one arm, so he only had one needle and, and, and one shot. And it was just, it was very peaceful. And she yeah. stayed with us wow. for a long time. Yeah, what so, a beautiful thing. Never saw her face, but yeah. it, was, it was God. And then uh, you got to be there with your brother mm -hmm. yeah. at the end. Tell us what that was like. Yeah, I did. It was, it was peaceful. Um, uh, another angel was, was, another angel was, was sent to me, a childhood friend who um, became a pastor. And I says, I'm just so prayed out. I don't know what to pray. And so she gave me a prayer. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, she texted it to me. And I read it to Dwayne. Um, this was on a Saturday. And I read it to Dwayne. And um, it was commending his soul yeah. to God. And I gave the sign of the cross on his forehead. Yeah. And he was ready. And his body was so tired. His scoliosis had twisted his body so badly mm. that he couldn't breathe his lungs um, and, and he just kept getting pneumonia over and over again and, and it was not a very good future for him and, and we had already talked about it and, and he, he says, I'm ready and I says, you bet, you, you just take a hold of Jesus' hand mm. and um, you go with him and uh, You'll be tall and running and skipping and dancing in heaven. And it was very peaceful. He, he, he woke up at one time, I didn't tell you, he woke up at one time and he looked around and he goes, I, don't think, I didn't think it would take this long. <laughs> he was ready to go. He was, he was ready. And then another time, a little bit later on, he goes, let's pack it up and go. <laughs> So he was, he was yeah. ready, and, and I was ready, and I was blessed to be with him when he was born into the family, and I was blessed to hold his hand as he took his last breaths, and it just, it just gives me, it, it's just, what a, what a gift God gave me. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Linda, for sharing the story mm -hmm. and how... God kind of brought prayers and people and yeah. into that whole that whole time. He did. That's he awesome. did. Yeah, you can count. He'll, he'll never leave you. Yeah. And I, he won't. Thank you. He'll always be there. Yeah. Thank you. All right. <laughs> you know, there is a lot about prayer that I don't understand. But there's also a lot about my cell phone that I don't understand. But I still use it. I still use it. The, uh, the prayer course materials uh, come from an international network called the 24-7 Prayer Movement. Uh, and I, yesterday's blog post on their website included this. Someone wrote, Our lives are interrupted by a seemingly constant series of bleeps, vibrations, and swooshes. We are in a place and time that demands we are constantly switched on and available to the world. Perhaps this is a distortion of what our souls long for. Perhaps the pressure we place on ourselves to, be, to uh, constantly communicate our day-to-day -day 
is our generation's misguided attempt to address our inherent need to be known and to know in return. What if, it says, we choose to turn this desire to communicate away from online platforms and toward Jesus in prayer? What if there was a God who knows our voices and cares what we have to say? What if the same God invites us to know him in return? And so I began to wonder, what would it be like if I turned to God in prayer just as naturally and frequently as I turned to my smartphone? Throughout this series, uh, we're learning the P-R-A-Y outline. Uh, it's one way, though not at all the only way, uh, to guide us through a time of prayer. P is to pause and be still in God's presence. R is to rejoice with a psalm and reflect on a scripture. A is to ask God for what we need, and Y is to yield to God's will, come what may. You know, sometimes I think we like to jump right into ask, don't we? Uh, and, and, you know, that's okay sometimes. Uh, but we're also learning that prayer is more than asking. Prayer is our relationship with God. What would it be like if, if your kids uh, talked talk to their parents only when they wanted something? Maybe it feels that way sometimes. I don't know. But, you know, parents want to have more than a transactional relationship with their kids. And I think kids want the same thing. They want more than a transactional relationship. You want to enjoy one another's company. You want to share moments and, and make memories. And that's the way it is in our relationship with God. So if we're spending time with God, it's, it's often helpful to pause for a little bit to quiet our souls and just be in the presence of God. And it's okay if you're not good at it. I'm not good at it. Just the attempt, though, is pleasing to God, and being quiet for a little while is good for you. And that's why I, I chose to have Psalm 131 uh, read this morning. The second verse says, I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child. I am content. I was surprised when I, when I uh, read in the book How to Pray, a Simple Guide for Normal People. Pete Gregg said, he said, sometimes I spend my entire prayer time in silence, simply enjoying God's presence without saying or doing anything. He said, I used to worry that that wasn't real prayer, that I had somehow wasted my time. But I have come to understand that these can be some of the most beautiful times of communion. And you know, right there, I think that Pete Gregg uh, hit on one of our challenges as we learn to pray, especially pausing. Pausing to be in God's presence can sometimes feel to us like a waste of time. We're not, we're not getting anything done. And we've got a long list of things to get done. But remember, prayer 
is a relationship and not a task. Now, sometimes I don't follow the P-R-A-Y outline, and, and that's okay. Uh, I, I remember many years ago, I went to one of my favorite prayer spots and sat down. I, I, was, I was really wanting to pray because I was troubled about several things. Um, I tried to quiet my mind, but all these troubles just kept bombarding my brain and just crowding and yelling. I, I kind of pictured it like wild animals roaring and snorting and threatening me. And so I asked God to help me with them. And I would pick one, and I, I would seek his advice and request him to intervene, and, and I would pray through that one, and then I'd pray to the next one and, and you know, go through that, and then I'd pick the next one, one after another. And as I kept praying, finally, through the last one, in my, in my mind, in this mental picture, all those wild animals went to lie down and fall asleep. And I was able to be at peace in God's presence. But most mornings, I would say I do uh, pause first. Just to, to take a little time to, to be in God's presence. And sometimes I, when I do that, I imagine that, that God is hovering invisibly in the air in that room, that God is there present with me. Other times, I picture myself transported to the throne of heaven, as it says in Revelation chapters 4 and 5, and there I am in God's presence. So sometimes my most uh, engaged times of prayer are not when I'm sitting down in a chair, but when I go out for a walk. As I stroll along, I, I try to notice the, the glory of God in the trees and in the sky and in the birds. As I'm walking along, I might even pray out loud. And people don't think that's strange anymore. They just think you're on Bluetooth on your phone. So <laughs> it works, you know. And the P for pause leads very naturally to the R for rejoice. Uh, earlier, Russ uh, led us in rejoicing as we spoke the beginning of Psalm 34. And the second verse says, I will glorify the Lord, let the afflicted hear and rejoice. You know, it took me a while to kind of see this, but it's saying that we can rejoice even when we're afflicted with sickness and car breakdowns and lost friendships. Now, of course, the Psalms are not all about rejoicing. It's not like you can pick up the book and just anywhere you point is rejoicing. There's a lot of lament in the Psalms, uh, which is crying out to the Lord in our sorrow and our grief and our distress and, and weariness. But so often in the Psalms, you'll find that even lament leads to rejoicing. One afternoon uh, recently, I came home uh, after five, and I, I, was, I was beat. You have days like that, right? My tank was running on fumes and was starting to sputter, you know. I, I, so I guess I'm saying I was physically and, and even more probably emotionally wiped out. And yet I knew that 
Right after dinner, I had to head back to the church for an evening meeting. I want you to know there are times when your pastor would rather just be home. <laughs> you know what that's like, don't you? And then an idea came to me. Maybe it was the prompting of the Holy Spirit, I don't know. But I put on an old gospel album from Andre Crouch and the Disciples. So, I mean, that's some good old stuff. And uh, the, this, the, the songs on this album have always lifted my soul. The songs are full of rejoicing in the Lord. And I, I know them so well, I can sing along pretty well by heart. So I listened to a couple of songs uh, before dinner, and then also uh, driving back to the church, I listened to several more, and I was revived by rejoicing in the Lord. My energy was renewed. My attitude was restored. It's like Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength, and that was true for me that night. In the Apostle Paul's letter to his friends in Philippi, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will, I will say it again, rejoice. You can rejoice a lot of times, a lot of places. We, we've, we've seen some glorious sunsets lately, haven't we? Um, deep, dusky blues in the background with, painted with wispy magenta clouds only lasts that brilliant for a few minutes. And our first reaction when we, when we catch it is just, oh, look at that. And we pause just to kind of soak it in. And then we want to rejoice and go, wow, great job on the sky, God. That's awesome. You are quite an artist. Another way to rejoice is to express to God our adoration. You know, Jesus teaches us this in the Lord's Prayer. It says, we, are, we express our adoration to the Father when we say, hallowed be thy name. And hallowed is kind of like holy, all right? And uh, so we're saying, Father, whenever we speak your holy name, we want to worship and adore you. You are perfect and gracious and beautiful. In the prayer course videos, uh, Pete Gregg mentions the, uh, the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues as a way to be in the presence of God. Uh, and that, if you're not familiar with that, that's when the Holy Spirit, if you, if you have this certain gift, allows you to speak in words you do not understand, and which may be human or angelic languages. And I know a few people in our church who have the gift of tongues, uh, but most of us do not. And so recently, I, I've been experimenting and come up with a way that's it's not speaking in tongues. But for me, it sort of is in that vein, okay? And so sometimes I, I've, I've tried uh, praising God using three Hebrew words, and you already know the first one, all right? Here it is. Hallelujah, Adonai, Elohim. Hallelujah, Adonai Elohim. Let's try it together, shall we? Nice and strong for me. Hallelujah, Adonai Elohim. What does that mean? Well, hallelujah, uh, in, in the end of that word, the Yah, is short for Yahweh, 
which is the personal name for God in Hebrew, which means I am. Okay? So hallelujah means praise Yahweh. Adonai means Lord, and Elohim means God. So together they mean praise Yahweh, the Lord God. And so I've been experimenting uh, once in a while with whispering this phrase over and over, maybe for a minute or so, as just a way of being in the presence of God and rejoicing in, in the Lord. And um, so I you know, just go, Hallelujah, Adonai, Elohim. Hallelujah, Adonai, Elohim. So I got an idea. And let me warn you, it's going to be way outside your comfort zone. Okay? <laughs> I want us to say this phrase together uh, for about a half a minute. And you don't have to follow in unison with me. You can just kind of do it at your own pace. And we'll start softly and then gradually uh, get a little louder and then kind of taper off again. So you can just follow me if you want. And you want to give it a try? All right. Let's, let's, uh, let's give to God our rejoicing. Hallelujah, Adonai Elohim. 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 Rejoicing in the Lord. Praise Yahweh, the Lord our God. When you came into the worship center this morning, you received a blank card, did you? Hopefully. And uh, now would be the time to pull it out. If you don't have one, pick, grab a card or an envelope or something around you and just use that. That would be perfectly fine. If you're online, any scrap of paper you got there at home will work. Anyway, while you're doing that, let me tell you, um, a couple of years ago, for our 40th anniversary, Trish gave me a, a list, 40 things I love about you for our 40th anniversary. It is one of the best gifts I've ever received. I still have it, of course, and I, every once in a while, I pull it out and look at it. The list includes some things about me. I guess you would call them qualities of who I am. And other things are activities, things I do. And, you know, I am deeply touched that she loves these things about me because most of them are very ordinary things. <laughs> anyway, it occurred to me that we could take a similar approach to rejoice in God. And so what I'd like you to do is to write at the top of the card this. Our Father, I rejoice that you are, let's see if we have that on the slide here. There we go. Our Father, I rejoice that you are blank. And then finish the sentence with some quality of God that you appreciate. Uh, for example, I rejoice that you are fair or merciful or that you're a God who cares about all creation. You could put anything just about. And then write down, our Father, I rejoice that you have, and then finish the sentence with an activity of God that is something that God has done. For example, I rejoice 
that you have comforted me in my sorrow or that you have guided me in a decision or that you have made me a new creation in Christ. So how will you rejoice in the Lord today? So now we're going to pause and I'm going to uh, give you a little time to, to finish, write and finish those sentences. Uh, and if you don't feel like writing and you want to just do it mentally, whatever works for you. But after you've finished uh, doing those two sentences, I would invite you to move into the A for ask. And feel free to ask God for whatever is on your heart today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, our, our first ask is simply this. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray freely and joyfully and confidently. And we ask you to let Faith Westwood be a shining light in our community. Let our warmth and welcome represent you, Lord. Help each of us to show generous hospitality toward neighbors and strangers. Good and kind Father, we ask you to strengthen our marriages, bless our families, guide our children in the path of life. Give us wisdom as we face life's troubles. In all things, even in our afflictions, we rejoice in your faithfulness. And all God's people said, Amen.